Warning. The program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting. Furthermore, listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom. Bottom. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Watch me shove this beer can up my ass. I'm proud to declare the Adam Sank Show and his ass open to the wind. Ass open to the wind. This is fuckery. <laughs> this is all fuckery. Fuckery, fuckery, fuckery. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... Give a warm round of applause to my friend and yours, Adam Sank. Bottom. Bottom. Yes, it's me. I'm a bottom. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We're not live, but it's a brand new episode. If you're listening, 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, August 6th. August 6th? How could we be in August already? In the year 2022 at the old DNRstudios.com and the DNR Cast app. The only place you can hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. If you want to listen elsewhere, then the least you can do is leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or whichever audio platform you use to listen. Email me your dick at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Get your ass merchandise at adamsank.com. Call the ass hotline anytime, even when we're not on the air at 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804-TALK-ASS. Get vaccinated for COVID and monkeypox and whatever's next. And stand with Ukraine. Today's guest is a former season six RuPaul's Drag Race queen, Kelly Mantle, who uh, is also a very accomplished actor. They are now starring in a new short film entitled A Lasting First Impression. We'll be talking to Kelly Mantle a little later in the hour. But first, it's time to welcome back my guest co-hostess. This is the last guest co-host we will have of the summer because Steve is finally coming back. But we're thrilled to have her again. It's everybody's second favorite lesbian, Joanne Filan. Am I? Oh, there I am. Yay, yes. I'm so excited. And that notification here. we just heard was uh, Joanne's lesbian grinder going. Yes. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> oh, no, it's another cat. <laughs> lesbian grinder is just cats. You're yeah, just, just notified cats by cats. responding to me. Uh, it's called Pussy Pals. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, don't you have uh, something called Kettle of Fish? Isn't that a, a, a lesbian dating app that I've heard I about? I don't know. I thought, like, the, the one lesbian dating app was just uh, Pet Finder. <laughs> years ago, I was doing a, a show, and there were some lesbians in the audience, and I was like, what's the lesbian equivalent of Grinder?" And someone yelled out, Kettle of Fish. And I was like, I oh, wow. That's kind of gross. Yeah, that does sound disgusting. <laughs> uh, oh, um, here's my announcement about the uh, podcast awards. Where's the trumpet? I can never find it. Here it is. So by the time most of you hear this episode, we will know, and you will know, whether or not we've been nominated. The nominees are actually announced August 7th, the day after this episode premieres. Um, But if we, and there's a lot of ifs here, if we were nominated, if you signed up to be a voter and were selected to be a voter, you should be notified of this via email. Make sure you check that email. Yes. Follow the instructions. Go back to podcastawards.com before September 13th and vote for us in both the comedy and people's choice categories. Uh, if you have any questions about this, and w- one listener did, just feel free to email me at adam at Thank you very much. Ding. Uh, Joanna JB, do either of you ever watch the show live with Kelly and Ryan? No. <laughs> no. Well, I don't either most of the time. Great. But as I told you guys last week, I was deathly ill for four days. Oh, right. And I watched everything. There was literally nothing I did but watch television, mm. walk my dog, and try to hold food down. Mm. Um and so anything that was on, I watched, and uh, I was watching the morning news, Good Morning America, and then Kelly and Ryan came on, and I was sitting there watching it, and I just had this thought, which I shared on the Adam Sanctuary Facebook page, and it got quite a lot of reactions, so I <laughs> wanted to get your thoughts on it. And what I posted was, I would enjoy Live with Kelly and Ryan so much more if Ryan would just come out. Yes, <laughs> I concur. <laughs> it's, it's offensive, that we all have to pretend that this is normal interplay between a straight man and a straight woman when it's I know, clearly seriously. not. And a lot of people agreed with me. Some people were like, do you really think he's gay? The answer to which is 
Yes, mm. he is absolutely gay. And one person was like, why is this anyone's business? Why do you need to know? Why does it matter? Here's why it matters. And then I want to hear what you guys think. If Ryan Seacrest wants to be a closeted gay man and he just wants to host American Idol or he just wants to be Casey Kasem and do his top 40 countdown, I don't have mm -hmm. a problem with that. There's plenty of closeted people who have, you know, sort of boring, generic jobs like that where mm -hmm. their personal life isn't really up for discussion. But if you're going to do a show called Live with Kelly and Ryan where half the show is nothing but them talking about themselves and what's going on in their lives... And we hear every fucking detail of Kelly's life, mm. everything about her husband, Mark, their kids, her parents, the family vacations, the things that happen in the bedroom, everything. We know everything about Kelly. And Ryan is a cipher. Really? We hear nothing, nothing about him. Ryan, you know, will sometimes share like what kind of food he likes or something <sighs> really... Is he Proclaimed Wait, to be single. So he never shares anything about his relationships. Nothing. 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 Now, he's been linked <sighs> over the years to numerous women, none of whom he ever marries, right, right. all of whom, in, in my opinion, are just beards. Mm. And again, I don't care. I, I, I mean, I have a strong feeling that every celebrity should come out because it's good for... The community Absolutely. and it normalizes being gay and, mm -hmm. and and it would be huge if he came out. It would be huge, but also it's just like it's offensive to me that we're just expected to to like I said to just pretend that the, because I know what it's like when 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 I'm with a straight woman the interplay that we have that's what it's like except mm -hmm. I'm talking about myself too. Right, right. It, it it's yeah. It's and I think at this point in his career with the. Hundreds of millions of dollars that he's racked up. Don't forget, he owns Keeping Up with the Kardashians. He owns oh that God. franchise. He has more money than God. That alone makes him gay, owning the Kardashians? That, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, am I crazy? No, I totally agree. It would be so, it would be great because of that show is, you know. What, what's also getting to me is you're with, you're on a show with Kelly. I get like you said, talks about her husband, talks about her life. How the fuck are you getting away with not talking about anything about your personal life Yeah. while doing a morning talk show? That don't make sense to me. And it, how does and she it, not and ask it, him stuff? Exactly. Yeah. And it reinforces this old idea that, you know, it's okay to be gay as long as you don't talk about it. Right. We're not exactly. asking to hear about, you know, whether Ryan's a top or a bottom. Right. I or mean, it would be nice to know, sis. Although I would like to know. I do know he's got a nice dick because you can see it sometimes through the pants that he wears on American <sighs> Idol. Uh, it's nice to know. But, and it's a big butt. Mm. I'm trying to hit the horse. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm, it doesn't have to be sexual. No, exactly. We it have just, lives. Mm -hmm. Joanne never talks about sex, no, and yet we know she's exactly. a lesbian. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't talk about it. <laughs> well, I say come out, Ryan. Do um, it. Speaking of uh, people having sex or not, uh, there's a shocking story this week about Prince William. Yes, I did not think the British had sex. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Apparently, there have been a lot of rumors about William having uh, extramarital affairs and cheating on Kate, um, whatever her name is, right. Princess Kate Middleton. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there is a notorious Instagram account that I never heard of before called De Moi, D-E-U-X-M-O-I, De Moi. Um, it's known for um, uh, spreading gossip uh -huh. that may or may not be substantiated. Um, and the latest De Moi submission shares a salacious tale about a British royal's extramarital, extramarital affair that is an open secret in London and amongst the English aristocrat set. The insider continued, At a recent media party, I was told the real reason for the affair was the royal prince's love for pegging. Which his wife says is too old-fashioned to engage in. They go on to say the wife does not mind the affair and in fact prefers that her husband is getting his sexual needs fulfilled elsewhere as long as they don't become emotional, which was the case with the last woman. Now, first of all, Joanne, do you know what pegging is? I believe so. 
um, and it has nothing to do with um, anyone named Peg, right? No. It's, uh, it's something I mean, it that could. I could do if I had any interest in men. And I think lesbians actually do engage in yes. pegging. I don't know. Well, now, so... Uh, We're what? talking about a strap-on. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, But why is it called pegging? Isn't it just fucking? Because, yeah. It's not fucking because it's not a real penis. Um, and so it's mm. you're, you're taking a peg and True. putting it in a hole. Listen, I didn't name it. Mm-hmm. Why is right. felching called felching? Right. Why is a blowjob called a blowjob? There's no true. blowing. That is true. <laughs> I would think pegging would be among the more popular lesbian activities. Yeah, but it's never. I've never heard of it as pegging. When did pegging? You just call it a strap-on. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pegging when it's uh, a man's ass getting it, particularly a straight man. Okay, so then then when lesbians have sex with a strap-on, it's not pegging. Maybe it's just strap-on. Lesbian sex. Uh, to right. all the lesbians to I'm saying show, please tell us, help us figure this out. Thank you so I, uh, much. Yeah, to I'm, all the lesbians I've loved I've pegged before. before. I've pegged before. <laughs> uh, yes, I think I've heard it most often as a, something a woman does to a man. Right. A straight, mm-hmm. straight couple. And it makes sense to me why some guys would like this. A lot of straight guys um, are into butt play and having their prostate uh, penetrate or, or not penetrated, having their hole penetrated mm. and their prostate. So struck. maybe pegging is more ass Stimulated. than any other than obviously pegging, right? Like there would be more ass. There's something happening <laughs> with men in the ass. There you go. Uh, of course, this juicy tale fired up Twitter, which had hashtag Prince William Affair and hashtag Prince of Pegging. <laughs> trending all day long on the global scene. It also gave fuel to uh, the fan bases, Team Cambridge versus Team Sussex. These are those who support William and Kate versus those who support Harry and Meghan um, to offer their opinions on the shocking story. One fan of the Sussex squad dove right into the heart of the family feud and wrote, I don't care if Prince William indulges in extramarital affairs. I don't care if he likes a bit of pegging. I do care that he and his wife used Megan as a distraction from their lives being talked about. Agreed. I feel there's a huge thing being missed where no one's using the Steely Dan song, Peg. I don't know that song. Oh, my goodness. Steely Dan, number one. Sing a little for us. It's just Peg. It will come back to you. Mm. So I think, honestly, it's perfect. Well, according to this article, comedian Richard Jeter won the Twitter war with his hilarious comment. He wrote, man... The next season of the Windsors is going to be lit, and the Crown is going to have to clock in with an NC-17 rating. <coughs> we may never know the truth about Prince William's alleged extracurricular activities, uh, but it's proving that the royal family may have less protection than they think when it comes to rumors. The UK media might look the other way for certain royals, but social media is changing the PR game for anyone. Listen, I don't care if he's into pegging, and I don't care if, if, if he's having extramarital affairs as long as they have an open relationship and Kate's fine with it. Those royals are always fucking other people. I don't care about them. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Exactly. Shade. Um, All right. So a couple weeks ago, I told you about this very strange story involving Ricky Martin and his nephew, or perhaps step-nephew. At the time... There were allegations that Ricky may have uh, been involved romantically and sexually with this nephew, who is of age, um, but still creepy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, the nephew was allegedly saying that he broke off the affair and then Ricky became angry and was stalking him and harassing him and there was an order of protection sought. Well, um, a judge has dismissed uh, the, the... Order of protection. Um, apparently, the accuser dropped the the request for the order and dropped any charge, any accusations. Uh, Ricky Martin's now speaking out about his nephew's claims, um, saying that the last two weeks have been horrendous. He Ricky appeared on a video that was obtained by TMZ in which he expressed how he's been feeling. He says he needed uh, to talk in order to start the healing. He claims he's been muzzled by Puerto Rican law until the case concluded. As I said, uh, Ricky's nephew dropped the restraining order a couple weeks ago. Ricky says it's painful and not just, uh, it's been painful and not just for him, but for his family and friends. As for the nephew, Ricky says, I wish him the best. I wish that he finds the help that he 
needs so he can start a new life filled with love and truth and joy and doesn't hurt anyone else. However, mm -hmm. and, and so that broke, and then there were a lot of people on Twitter and other um, social platforms saying like, so fuck you all you haters who said Ricky Martin was having an affair with his nephew, and mm -hmm. you know you should all print retractions and how dare you. But at the same time that the uh, charges were dismissed and the order was dropped, I saw this article on Yahoo News that p police in Puerto Rico say the nephew received death threats ahead of that court hearing in which mm. he dropped the restraining order. Um, Martin's nephew filed a complaint with police after he received two intimidating phone calls. Uh, this is according to El Nuevo Dia, the Puerto Rican newspaper. According to the complaint, the alleged victim told police he answered a phone call from a Canadian area, area code and heard a man say, if you speak at the hearing, we'll kill you. One minute later, he received another phone call from a New York number in which a man named the street where the nephew lives. Martin's lawyers did not immediately respond to the insider's request for comment on the alleged death threats. So here's what I'm taking away from this story, mm -hmm. because it's been very strangely reported from the beginning. Yeah. Either Ricky Martin did have an affair with the nephew and was stalking him and basically coerced him through threats of violence to drop mm -hmm. the charges, or Puerto Rican police are really out to get Ricky Martin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's one or the other because it, remember, it was Puerto Rican police who first came forward and said that he had committed incest and could face forty years in prison, mm -hmm. and now they're the ones saying that that uh, that death threats that were made. Right. Uh, I don't know. It's a terrible story. It is. It is. And the the thing is, is anybody could have called to make death threats. These people that are screaming. That's you know, right. Take take off all the, you know, uh, posts that are negative the minute, you know, those people could have called. Okay. Right. So, it could have just been fans. Yeah. Okay, exactly. So let's not be rational for a second. I want you all to dive into the black people crazy train and conspiracy theories. Please. Nice. It is the Puerto My Rican My favorite police. train. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is the Puerto Rican police out to get Ricky Martin. Of course. This, this man. Because he's gay? Yes. Or he's just Ricky Martin oh. and he's famous. Like, who knows why you want to bother Ricky Martin? Like, this story just has a lot of holes to it. Mm -hmm. And, like, holes. Yeah, like, Ricky <laughs> Martin's a good man, kind of ish. I, I don't know him personally, but he hasn't done anything wrong, per right. se. Like, we don't know that, the, JB. That, that we don't know. For, but for the most part, we can all agree that he is. An okay he person. He seems like a nice yeah, person. Yeah, he seems like a nice Will married? Smith seemed like a nice person to me oh, until he slapped Chris Rock for making Jesus. a joke. Oh, I mean, I, I feel Is like you're apples to oranges at that point. Everyone thought O.J. Simpson was a nice person until he <laughs> murdered two people in cold blood. True. He is married, Ricky Martin, Ricky, and, and okay. they've raised kids together. I mean, who the fuck knows? I'm just saying... I think there are a lot of people who are in a rush to clear Ricky Martin's name here, and I understand why. And maybe mm -hmm. he's 100% innocent, but it is a little bit unsettling to hear that the nephew allegedly received death threats the day before this hearing, and then the next day he drops he drops the accusations and says, oh, no, it, it, I made it all up. I don't need the restraining order. But so now is he um, agreeing that he received death threats or is it just the police that are saying that he received death threats? This article just says Puerto Rican police. Okay, so... The nephew's not saying a word to anyone. Right. Well, no. It's a little... It's also still not clear to me whether this is... A, this nephew is related to Ricky Martin biologically in any way. Because I've, I've read different things. Some say, oh. some say it's his stepsister's son, in which case he has no blood relation... A lot of articles right. just say nephew. I don't know. Hmm. We shall see, but I hope it's not true. Can I say that, JB? I, I hope Ricky Martin is innocent. I've always says. liked him. Um, mm -hmm. He is a, unlike Ryan Seacrest, he is a massive celebrity who did come out. Exactly. A little late, but still. Mm -hmm. Which is why I think it's the police. Again, hop at the current <laughs> crazy conspiracy train with me. Believe it's the police. Listen, He's a good person. I wouldn't put it past police <laughs> to Fight. frame people and or just spread salacious stories about people. Exactly. And, yeah. like, police... and Puerto Rico's a, a homophobic place. Right. right. And police right. outside the U.S. are even worse. Some of them, like the, um, I'm used Germany. Not Germany, Russia as an example. Oh my God! And Brittany as another mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. She just had oils, and they clinked her down like Nazis. Yeah. Well, Crap. Brittany Griner's a political prisoner. Yeah, but yes, but the Russian yeah. police are corrupt as fuck. Um, in any case, uh, 
another story that was on the radar last week that popped out at me. So I did this story last week about the marriage equality bill that was passed mm-hmm. through the House um, that had a number of Republican uh, supporters, but overwhelmingly the Republicans voted no, Democrats voted yes. Well, one Republican who voted no to marriage equality was Representative Glenn Thompson of Pennsylvania. Shithead. Who looks like a bloated walrus. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about Glenn Thompson is that three days after he voted against the Respect for Marriage Act, he attended the marriage of his son to another man. Why? 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 Why did the son let him that go there? That is my question. I know. Why would if you... your father, three days before your wedding, voted against your right to marry, wouldn't you be like, hey, shithead. Yeah. You're not coming mm-hmm. to my wedding. You are uninvited. I, I think people had this... I talked to my online friends and seeing them deal with toxic people. I don't know if people have this issue of just cutting the toxicity out of their life. Oh, yeah. just keep doing it and mm. stay with them like this. You're always mad at this person and what they're doing. Why do you keep going back? Right. I don't know. I'm fortunate in that I've never had to cut out a family member, right. an immediate family member. Mm-hmm. There's some extended family members I don't talk to anymore. But for the most part, like, I really love, love my family and I like my family. Mm-hmm. We all have the same values. But if I right. had like a Trump-supporting uh, mm-hmm. parent or sibling... And especially someone, it's, this isn't just an opinion. This is, this, here's someone in a position of power who is using his power to deny me my basic civil rights. Yeah. Uh, no, it's you're done. Bullshit. Yeah. Thompson yeah. was one of a number of Republicans to condemn the legislation as a cheap electoral gimmick by Democrats. Um, a spokesperson for him said, quote, this bill was nothing more than, ele- than an election year messaging stunt for Democrats in Congress who have failed to address historic inflation and out-of-control prices at gas pumps and grocery stores. Uh, this is their argument that it's not that they're anti-gay, it's that there's no reason for this because the Supreme Court's already ruled. So Ignoring the fact that our rights are on the line, that mm-hmm. Th- Clarence Thomas has said he wants to, to overturn uh, all of the... the, the <clears throat> decisions that made, that gave us our rights. Right. So meanwhile, he goes to the wedding and he gives a toast. <laughs> a wedding guest recorded Thompson's toast and leaked it, shared it anonymously with BuzzFeed News, telling the outlet, I think the world should definitely, I think the word should definitely get out there. These politicians need to be exposed for what they really are. Um, I, I'm not going to play the toast because it's kind of boring and it's hard <laughs> to hear what he's saying. But basically, uh, it's a standard toast. He says... Um, as they grow and as they get a little older, we hope and pray they're going to find that one true love, this is about talking about kids, so that they have the opportunity to experience, experience that, someone to grow old with. So we're just really thankful that you're here talking to the husband. It actually goes beyond that. As parents, we love it when they find their one true love, especially when they become a part of our families then. I mean, I just... It's raging. It's so, such despicable hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel more angry with the son. I mean, listen, like, you're I, in a I, difficult you know. position, mm-hmm. but yes, it would be great if the son had the balls. Yeah. I mean, he's moral just clarity a to say, no, you cannot shit. attend my wedding. Yeah. There's, there's no, I mean, the bar set low for him, but whatever, asshole. I don't know, guys. That's like. That's like you guys still respected me after you found out that my boyfriend slash husband is a raging anti-gay Trump supporter. Like that isn't that's not works. That's not how any of this works. So I agree. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if if yeah, if you know your family's fault and go against what you are, because you're a gay man and he's trying to take away all your fucking rights. Why this specific right? Yeah, yeah. that and you attending are, the ceremony. Yeah, yeah, that you are enjoying, that you are the graceful to find someone to enjoy it with, and you invite your father. And even if you agree that this is a, even if you believe that that the, the, the law is settled and this is a Democrat Democratic stunt, right, right? There's certainly no harm in voting yes on exactly. this bill. Exactly, that's the thing. It's the no worst one. that happens is this right becomes codified. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't do any harm. To vote for it. If any of you live in Pennsylvania in this shithead's district, I beg you to vote against him. 
in so November. I do and please vote against all Republicans in November. True. Thank you. So and I do agree with Joanne. Fuck, fuck him. Peg fuck him. the son. Peg that motherfucker. Yeah. Shut up, Peg him. Peg him good. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, we don't get into politics too much on this podcast. No. <laughs> all evidence to the contrary. Uh, although Jock Manchef feels I'm biased. Oh. I don't know what that means, but I have a feeling it has to do with my being a liberal. Um, <laughs> yes, I am one, and I am biased because the podcast is called The Adam Sank Show. Ding. I don't pretend to be a news organization. Um, but anyway, as we all know, President Biden is not particularly popular. His approval ratings have been hovering in the 30s for quite some time. Uh, most of this has to do with the fact that the economy mm-hmm. is it, it's a tough economy. Inflation is very high. Mm-hmm. Um, unemployment's actually very low, which is a good thing. And yeah. corporate earnings are not in a bad place, but the market's down. People are paying more than ever for mm-hmm. gas and commodities, although gas prices have come down. Anyway. Poor Pop Pop. Yeah. But in a recent poll, something interesting happened, which is that the openly gay Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, tied with President Biden in early polling for the, for the New Hampshire presidential primary. As you guys know, New Hampshire is the first state in the country every year to vote uh, in primary season. Buttigieg tied with Bernie Sanders in the state in the 2020 primary. Um, at that time, Sanders won 25.6% of the vote, while Buttigieg scooped up 243 mm-hmm. Uh Biden, as you remember, placed fifth in New Hampshire and didn't receive any delegates. But um, in this new poll which was by the uh, respected Quinnipiac University, it shows that only 31% of Americans approve the way Biden is doing his job, 60% disapprove, only 24% want him to run for a second term. Um, Biden tied with Buttigieg uh, with 17% of Democratic primary voters preferring Buttigieg and 16% supporting Biden. So actually Buttigieg beat him, but only by one percentage, which I guess is not statistically significant. Um, Senators Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar and California Governor Gavin Newsom round out the uh, the top five choices. Asked for their second choice in a candidate, Buttigieg tied with Cory Booker, mm-hmm. New Jersey Senator. Buttigieg has the highest favorability rating of all potential candidates at 35%. Booker stands at 30%, while Biden trails at 21%. Oof. Mm-hmm. Buttigieg dropped out in 2020 when it became clear that Biden would be the the nominee. In a lengthy profile documenting dysfunction in Vice President Kamala Harris's office, CNN revealed that Harris's aides are growing jealous of the White House's relationship with Buttigieg. Harris's staff feels that Buttigieg is getting preferential treatment by Biden while the vice president has mostly been sidelined of the six percent of potential, uh, only six percent of the potential primary voters chose Harris as their first choice. Yeah, she's kind of really just blending in with the woodwork. We were talking about this before mm-hmm. we went on the air, Joanne. <sighs> this whole administration is such a disappointment, not it in is. terms of what they've done. No, they've made They've major, tried their hardest mm-hmm. to do all the right things. They they're, started out good. They're, well, and they're stuck with a 50-50 Congress where Manchin and mm-hmm. Cinema are Democrats in name only. They don't support mm-hmm. any of the big programs. But in terms of messaging, in terms of their public appeal, both Biden and Harris are severely lacking, I feel. Absolutely. Oh, my God. It's and embarrassing. Maybe the White House is giving Pete Buttigieg preferential treatment, but maybe it's just that Pete Buttigieg is so fucking good in interviews. Mm. Oh, my God, yes. He's so... Brilliant. Smart, quick-witted, sounds so reasonable. He's just better on camera than either Biden or Harris. Now, will he he be the nominee? I mean, who the hell knows? Two years is a long time. A lot Mm -hmm. can happen. We don't even know what's going to happen in November with the House and Senate. Right. I'm praying there's some chance Democrats have of holding on to to both and, and growing our advantage in the Senate, which we absolutely need to do in order to pass anything meaningful. But um, I wouldn't be sad with President Buttigieg. No, me neither. I would be very... uh, It would be nice to have someone not so close to death. (laughs) You know, it's just... (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Shalaya. 
I'd rather not have old man time guarding the yeah, White House. You went right. there, Joanne. I did. I, I appreciate dusty. it. Dusty. I would like a less dusty president. Oof. You know, Lord. the problem with Joe Biden is he wasn't a great speaker even when he was a young man. He's got yeah. a speech impediment. Um, he tends right. to um, speak off the cuff. And, uh, you know, he's sort of the king of the verbal gaffes. Mm-hmm. And his age has only aggravated those issues. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's still, you know, smart and capable and mm-hmm. makes good decisions. But we were saying before we went on the air, I wish he had all of his cabinet secretaries out in front of the cameras every day. We need to see less of him and right. more Pete Buttigieg's. And Pete Buttigieg is not the only sharp cabinet secretary. He's appoint- Biden appointed a very capable team Right, of people who have them. real experience and are good at their jobs and know what they're talking about. The complete opposite of the Trump administration where it was all... Can we stop that noise from happening? There's got to be a way, JB. There has to be a way to mm-hmm. silence notifications. Um, it, you know, if we could get them out on the talk shows every day, I think that they could go a long way toward convincing people that this is actually a really good administration. Absolutely. It would only help Biden's numbers, I think. Sadly, to see him a little less. Well, in happier news, a 66-year-old man in the U.S. has become the fifth person ever to be cured of HIV. Yay! And the oldest person so far. So exciting. Uh, We don't know the man's name. He's being called the City of Hope patient. Mm -hmm. And he was cured with a stem cell transplant that was used to treat his blood cancer. In each of these cases, these were people who had um, cancer or leukemia... Mm -hmm and were treated with stem cells for that condition. Right. And the stem cells, having come from someone who was HIV negative, also mm-hmm. cured their HIV. It's not mm-hmm. a viable treatment for the vast majority of people living with HIV because it requires a bone marrow transplant. Right. But it does uh, help scientists and doctors further understand how the virus functions. Um, the City of Hope patient was diagnosed with HIV way back in 1988. God. So not only is he the oldest to ever be cured of HIV, but he's the person who's been living with it the longest to receive this treatment. He took some of the earliest antiretroviral medications back in the 90s. In 2018, he was diagnosed with this blood cancer and received the bone marrow treatment as well as chemotherapy. He has now been off all antiretroviral medications for 17 months. And seems to be HIV-free. That's so exciting, because especially because of his age and how many friends and family he probably lost, you know, to AIDS. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a long-term survivor. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. to be told at, at the age of 68, like, oh, you're no longer you HIV positive. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and Idaho radio station... Uh, I keep wanting to do this story, but it keeps getting pushed off. An Idaho radio station in June called The Eagle, KKGL, replaced their usual logo on Facebook with a pride-themed version of their logo featuring a progress pride flag overlaid with the signature bald eagle. Plenty of fans cheered, but within days, the station's Facebook account was also inundated with hateful messages. Um... One person wrote, I will not support any business that is in favor of unholy acts. Being gay or supporting it is the devil's work. I reported this sin. You have no right to be gay. God didn't give you that right. (laughs) Read the Bible, said someone else. Uh, So in response, on July 1st, the station wrote in a Facebook post, the flag stays up for another month. If we lose fans, that's fine. If we keep getting harassed, then it'll go another month. (laughs) Plus, Freddie Mercury rules. (laughs) They are beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what Freddie Mercury has to do with that, other than the fact that he's gay. Um, This isn't the first time the Eagle, which is owned by Cumulus Media, has extended Pride Month in the face of uh, bigotry. As many fans of Facebook pointed out, last year's Pride logo was met with uh, just as many hateful comments, and the station kept it up through August. So I want to thank this radio station Me in too. Idaho for Yay. being such great allies and standing with us and doing the right thing in yeah. the face of hate. Apparently year after year. It is now time for our guest segment, and I am excited. Our guest today is an actor, singer, songwriter, and drag performer who was a contestant on season six 
of RuPaul's Drag Race. They are now starring in a new short film called A Lasting First Impression. In it, they play drag performer Charlie, who is reunited with an estranged brother until tragedy strikes them both. Here's a taste of the film. David didn't accept you? No, none of my family did. You know, I was different than all the other little boys my age, you know? I didn't even really feel comfortable calling myself a boy, honestly. I mean, David was into sports and trucks and cars, and I was into makeup and dressing up and playing Barbies. What's so bad about that? Well, there's nothing bad about it, but when you grow up where I did, they don't like their boys to be feminine, you know? I mean, my dad told me he would never accept me for the way I was, you know? He said if I was gonna pretend being a girl, that I was gonna have to find a new place to live. And please give a warm ass welcome to Kelly Mantle. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Ooh, Kelly, you, you sound great. I feel like you're right with us in studio. I am. I'm there in spirit. Ooh. I can feel you. I can feel yes. you. Yes. Where are you talking to us from? <laughs> I am in Los Angeles. I just got back home from tour. Uh, we're taking a little month break before we go back out on the road. So I'm in beautiful Los Angeles this oh. morning. Where are you all at? We are in beautiful New York City. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Which actually is beautiful today. It is. Um, congratulations on the movie. I know it's been playing festivals. What has been uh, the reaction so far from audiences who have seen the film? You know, it's, uh, it's been wonderful. I mean, everyone's really connecting with the characters and the story. Um, I think it's, a, it's, even though it's kind of a personal story um, for, you know, the characters, it's, it's universal at the same time and it's also timely because it's a story about a community coming together in the face of adversity and resisting and fighting and prevailing. And uh, I think that's what we as an LGBTQ community have to do every single day. Uh, still to this day, we're having to fight against, you know, basic human rights against people who are quite frankly so fucking basic. So, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's universal and timely and uh, it's getting great response. And I'm very happy with it as well. It's, it turned out to be a beautiful film. It is. Do you, it is. Do you identify with the character of Charlie? I do, you know. Um, I mean, I was very fortunate personally uh, for me, Kelly, um, you know, both of my parents, I grew up in a really small town in Oklahoma, um, and my daddy was the high school football coach. Um, but luckily, both of my parents have always been super supportive and accepting of who I am and always encouraged me to follow my dreams and be myself. They were my best friends. Um, so, unlike Charlie, I came from a very loving, supportive family, but I can still certainly relate to, you know, being in a community that, uh, you know, sees you different than, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I always, first of all, I'm so glad you had that, that you had those parents, because yeah. that's very lucky. I always think yeah. about gay kids and queer kids growing up in the South, because I grew up in North Jersey, uh, you know, liberal, progressive family, although they didn't take to me being gay too well in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but I still suffered, you know, I still had to deal with intense homophobia, and I feel like it must be so much more intense when you grow up in the South, or, or maybe not. Mm -hmm. How did you feel in terms of, like, the treatment you got from your peers in, in, being, um, in being queer and being non-binary? Yeah, you know, it was an interesting uh, journey for me because, like I said, my daddy was the high school football coach. His older brother is Mickey Mantle, speaking of New York. Yes, I oh know that. God. Amazing. Yeah, so I kind of had that. I think that was kind of a protective shield for me, if you will, um, you know, growing up in there. Because so everyone knew your family. Exactly. Right. And, you know, in small town Oklahoma, especially when it comes to sports, you know, if you're the football coach's family, you're kind of treated like royalty. So... In my, in my immediate school with my immediate peers, um, I was, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of problems. I was a part of the, you know, kind of the, the group and, 
you know, I was little president of this class mm -hmm. and student council, you know, so I, you know, and I always was into drama and, and music rather than sports and everyone just kind of accepted that. But I certainly faced it from anyone out of town that didn't know my family or my history, you know, but I always, I don't know, in some weird way, you know, and maybe this was kind of growing up in the MTV generation and Madonna and Boy George and Prince and Cindy Lauper, you know, the fact that they always stood out, I kind of loved standing out. And so when people would, you know, say things like, are you a boy or a girl? I would kind of on the inside be like, oh my God, that's so awesome. They don't know. <laughs> right. Like I, I kind of flipped it, you know, and the thing to about, my advantage. The thing about your persona is I get a punk sensibility from you. Very mm. that. Did, did you identify that. with punk uh, when you were growing up? I did, I did. There was definitely, you know, like I, the people I just mentioned, even though they were mainstream, in a place like Oklahoma, you know, anyone like Boy George or so, you know, was definitely seen as, as on the outskirts and being punk. And then when I got a little older, I, you know, kind of got into Ani DeFranco and people like mm -hmm. that. So it was more of like a folk punk, kind of a political punk, uh, mm -hmm. funk, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of. You know, I've always enjoyed being on the outskirts. I've always enjoyed being kind of in the dirges and in the underground. Um, so, yeah, and I've always been a fighter by nature, I think, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I've never been one to kind of, you know, be a little, you know, kind of willow into something. So, yeah, there's definitely that about me, my sensibility. So you grow up in Oklahoma. You go to college. You start a career as a performer and have a successful career as a performer. You're on multiple TV shows. And then some years later, after you've already established that career, in 2014, you wind up on Drag Race. How, how does someone who uh, sort of already had a career trajectory going as an actor wind up as a drag queen on, on this shrine, this, you know, this, this, the Super Bowl of drag? Uh, because I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. I have no idea how uh, my journey <laughs> took me there. It was definitely a detour. Uh, it, it's sure not the me. normal trajectory we think of, right? Because most of those queens, first of all, they're younger than you were, not to throw any shade. But they, <laughs> they, 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 I don't know about that now. Miss Bianca was on my season, you know. That's true. No, some of them are established, but but the, the, if it, you look at like sort of the typical drag race contestant, it's some queen in their twenties yeah. who kind of has been doing drag since they were, uh, you know, a teenager, and now, especially now, yeah, yeah, and and also have grown up with the show, which wasn't uh, an option for you, obviously. But but um, did did someone say to you like, hey, this is a this could be a great stepping stone like what how, how do you wind up even auditioning well what had happened was um when the you know i've i've known randy and fenton at world of wonder and i mean i used to hang out with rupaul backstage at 7969 at club peanut so i've known this kind of world you know for years since you know living in la and being in in, in the entertainment industry and i remember when they first started the show season one um they called up uh, and asked if I wanted to be a part of it, and I said, oh, no. I oh, said, wow. I'm an actor. I don't do reality <laughs> television. I would be terrible. I'm very shy at being Kelly. Like, I, I'm really good at playing characters, but I'm actually terrible at being myself. Um, so I said I just wouldn't be good for the show. And then I saw season one, and, of course, I loved it. It was, you know, super fun. And then they called again and said, would you be on season two? I said, no, won't do it. And then fast forward a couple years later, I was in a band called Transcontinental with Willem and Detox mm -hmm. and Vicky Vox and, you know, and uh, Willem and Dee uh, had just completed their seasons. And I had a summer off and I got the call again saying, would you consider being on it? And I talked to them about it and they said, girl, the show's getting really big. It's so much fun. Just go do it. You'll mm -hmm. be fine. And I jokingly said, I'll probably be the one to go home first because I kind of suck at drag, if you will. Um, and so that's exactly what happened. Some people are in it to win it. I'm in it for a minute. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> so was it, are you glad you did it or was it just a waste of time? Oh, no. I'm super glad I did it. You know, that's the thing. It's not my gig. I'm totally cool with that. Um, I'm, you know, when it comes to specific challenges, acting, music, stand-up comedy, writing, 
uh, improv, all of that stuff I excel in, but what I am not good at and what I'd never had really done before was putting looks together. You know, these queens work four, five, six nights a week putting looks together, new looks every week. I yes. wasn't doing that. I had never done that my whole this life. This would be the thing I would struggle with most <laughs> as yes. well. Not that I could do drag, period, but, oh it, you know, I could. I can tell a joke, I can sing a song, yes. I guess I can learn choreography if you give me enough hours to practice, <laughs> but I could not sew a garment mm -hmm. or, or choose a garment that, you know, would really knock anyone's socks off. Absolutely, very that. And so that's, it's, it's really, you know, and that's a huge important part of the show that, you know, as an actor, you're kind of taught, you go into an audition, they say, can you do a Russian accent? You're like, sure. And then you run home and Google, like, how the fuck do I do a Russian right. accent? Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of that. I was like, I know that I don't excel in this area, but how hard can it be? I'll wing it. Well, it's not easy. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, especially for kind of like, you know, a tomboyish kind of girl like myself. I'm like, you know, wife beater, Daisy Dukes. I don't know what, I don't know shit about fashion. Nowadays, they all um, show up, you know, with these designer garments. That they right, bring, they all have stylists. You know, exactly. Mm -hmm. But, wow. you know, on season six, we didn't really, didn't really have that. So, you know, I was showing up, you know, with Nordstrom Rack. I mean, <laughs> it's like, you know, this isn't going to do well mall, on the runway. Mall, mall drag. <laughs> yes, very that. Kelly, do you continue to watch the show, or do you just not give a shit? Um, you know, I have to say, uh, I, you know, on tour, I haven't been able to watch um, a lot of the episodes, and a lot of them are on these streaming platforms. But any time that I do get to watch it, and I do see a lot of clips online, I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm a huge fan of a bunch of the girls that are on the show. Absolutely. I adore it. I love it. I embrace it. Um, I think it's wonderful, you know. I do too. I especially yeah. loved this this latest All Star season. I thought it was really sweet that that you know they weren't there to get critiqued. Nobody was put down. They were all so supportive of one another. It was kind of lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, way. the Just, clips I've seen have been great. And I mean Monet's opera. Oh my god, so good. Stellar. Um, yeah. Who knew? Stellar. Right. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting that she thought no one ever wanted to to hear a drag queen sing as a as a bass. Do opera, know. but it was so mesmerizing to watch. It really is to see the and to image listen. and then have that voice come out. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, Kelly, I was watching your TV reel, which is available on YouTube, and I'm kind of blown away by how many iconic shows you've been on. I'm just going to list some of them. You've been on NYPD Blue, Mike and Molly, The New Adventures of Old Christine, Modern Family. What else? What am I missing? There's some big ones. Um, let's see, Lucifer. I, I really enjoyed Lucifer. That was a good one. Um, you might have mentioned that. I don't know. No. You were um, on one where, yeah. you, where you assassinate a judge. Yes, Eagle Heart. Um, a show called Eagle Heart that's on, uh, it was on Adult Swim. And, uh, that was terrifying. Was, oh, my <laughs> gosh. It was literally one of my favorite TV projects ever. Because the part you don't see in the clips that, that get circulated online is right after I, you know, uh, blow up the judge, uh, I get blown up. Oh. Uh, they blow me up. And so that was super fun. I'd never done anything like that before. And I felt like Tom Cruise, you know, doing my own little stunts and everything. But that was a trip because you got to get it in like one take, you know, because the blood splatters everywhere and your costumes ruined after that. So, yeah. you know, that was fun. That was a super fun gig. Have you, as, as a non-binary non actor, have you generally been cast either in drag roles or as trans women or do you ever play a man? Um, all the above, actually. I mean, I have, I have to say I haven't, I'm trying to think, have I? I haven't played a man-man, a like a cis man, um, in many years. But I have in my past, definitely. But yeah. For Does it matter to you at this point? Everything. Not really, you know. Um, I'm an actor, and uh, I love, uh, I love having, you know, I love, I love becoming other people. Um, right. That's what I love to do. And so whatever their gender or gender identity or sexual preference are, you know, that's, I, I, I want to be able to play everything and anything, you know? So, yeah. Totally. I, um, yeah. I mean, I think there's an advantage there. And also, we should mention, in 2014, you were in a movie called Confessions of a Womanizer with Gary Busey. Oh. And <laughs> when the movie was put up for Academy consideration for the Oscars, you became the first actor in 
in history to be considered for an Oscar in both the male and female categories. Wow. Mm-hmm. Tell us how that went down. Well, um, you know, it, it, was, it was a trip. Uh, the producers called me up one day um, and said, we're submitting uh, you and Gary, because, you know, a, a lot of people don't re- remember this, but I think Gary uh, had already been nominated for an Oscar years earlier for something. He, he, might have, won, it, he, he won, won an Oscar or was nominated for the uh, Buddy Holly story. Yes, oh. that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, so he already kind of had a history there. You know, a lot of people... You know, we, a lot of people, you know, focus on the fact that he's, you know, a little Looney Tune, which he is, and that's wonderful. I love, I love that about him. But he's actually a really good actor uh, underneath all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they called up and said we're submitting Gary for Oscar consideration for his performance in this movie, and we're going to consider you as well. Um, would you like to be uh, considered in Best Supporting Actor or Best Supporting Actress? And I just kind of laughed at the whole situation because as grateful as I was for that opportunity, um, I don't think that's the, I don't think that film really kind of falls into Oscar territory. Right. (laughs) But having said that, uh, you know, I said, you know, sure, go for it. Uh, Why not both? Because, you know, I'm gender fluid, I'm non-binary, so let's just shoot for both. And that was the first time the Academy had ever been presented with something like that. So... And, and, they, the, and they accepted it. They said, yes, we will consider this actor for both, for both categories. They did. And there were some conversations with the people at the Academy that I got to uh, discuss with them uh, about. And so for me, a lot of the news media outlets took it and ran with it. And so it became more about just opening up that conversation for the first time with the Academy rather than me sitting at home thinking I was actually going to be sitting next to Meryl Streep, you know, nominated for right. an Oscar. But, but it's know. important because it probably set a precedent. I would think that going forward now, any non-binary actor is now eligible in both categories if, if the movie gets nominated or if the role gets yeah. nominated. Exactly. And so that's... that kind of gives you guys an unfair point. advantage. Yes. <laughs> it's like the you days know? of the bisexual. Listen, it's about time you had some advantages. Um, All right, in the time remaining, Kelly, we're going to play everyone's favorite game, Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. Okay, as you told us, your uncle was Mickey Mantle. Say something in baseball, in baseballese. (laughs) Say something in what? (laughs) In baseballese. In baseballese. I'm a switch hitter, too. Hey, is that true? (laughs) Ba-boom. Of course it is. Good for you. <laughs> you're eligible in both categories is what you're saying. Exactly, Ooh. honey. I'm eligible in all categories. I'm a gay, bisexual, transgender, lesbian. I'll oh eat anything with a skin scarred over it. Yes. Uh, you're from Oklahoma. Have you ever been in a production of Oklahoma? I have not. Um, I would love to be. Actually, they did a musical here years ago called Oklahoma. I think I would mm. fit for that. Absolutely. Yes. I, my personal favorite is Gays and Dykes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, uh, well, now that I know that you're bisexual, I'll ask you this for both. What's the sexiest part of a man's body? We'll start with that. Oh, God. Um, every single part. <laughs> hey I would have to say, you know, I'm a hands girl. I like, I like a man with really nice hands. And does nice mean big? Uh, big, uh, firm, you know, mm. like, yeah, mm. a little, little on the blue collar hair, side. Hair, hair on the knuckles. <laughs> hair, hair on the knuckles? Is yeah. that what you said? <laughs> Jordan wants to know. Yeah. Do you like it? Do you like that, Jordan? No. I know, right? <laughs> what's the what sex- are you telling us? <laughs> what, what's the sexiest part of a woman's body? The sexiest part of a woman's body is her mind. Mm. Okay, mm. that's safe. Hair on the knuckles? <laughs> Hair on the knuckles. There you go. Yes. Joanne, you have a very sexy mind. <laughs> Thank you. I, I've wanted to fuck your mind for some time oh, now. I wish I had shaved my knuckles for this. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, here's an F. Mary Kill Kelly edition. Uh-oh. And it's good that you're bi because these are all women. I couldn't find any famous male Kellys. <laughs> uh, Kelly Clarkson, Kelly Ripa, Kelly Rowland. You have to fuck one, marry one, and kill one. No, I don't want to kill any of those. You have to. I love all of them. Um, let's see. I would, okay, let's see. I would 
I would, I would, let's just start with the kill. I would kill Kelly Ripa. I don't know Thank why. you. Correct. Yeah, thank you. She's not. Any, anyone that's that happy in the morning, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> they need to be killed. Seriously. Um, I would, I would marry Kelly Clarkson because I would just want to listen to her sing all day long. Yes. That's nice. And I would fuck, I that sounds so vulgar. I would uh, make love to <laughs> Kelly Rowland because I actually get told online in a lot of comments, oh my God, your facial features are very similar to Kelly Rowland's. And so it would mm. kind of be like making love to myself, I think. Interesting. But she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. Yes. Mm. Rowland, well, so. your choices are 100% correct. <laughs> you just won the game. Ask me no questions, I'll tell you no lies. Your prize is a hundred pennies. A <laughs> hundred pennies? <laughs> That's all we can afford here at the Adam Sanctuary. That's Sanctuary. amazing. Uh, Kelly, what's something you're good at that very few people know about? Something I'm good at that very few people know about. Um, I am, well, I'm, I'm a good guitar player. I, I play oh. guitar. A lot of people don't know that. Um, Did you grow I'm up playing guitar? I did not. I taught myself. Good for you. Yeah. I taught myself. Um, yeah, it's you know. I was like, I want to learn how to do this, so I taught myself, and uh, that's my favorite thing to do: is sit at home and smoke weed and write music on my guitar. Fabulous. Mm. I'm jealous of anyone who can play guitar. I've tried to learn. Uh, I took lessons when I was young. I don't have the dexterity to play. Uh, to have one hand do one thing and the other hand do mm. something else. I don't have that mm. brain. But it's yeah. always great when you can pull out a guitar and start singing at a party. Right. It makes you so popular. Right? It does. Unless you're terrible. Um, <laughs> what's the worst thing anyone's ever said to you in bed? <gasps> the worst thing anyone's ever said to me in bed? Um, I got called a mattress actress. What's that? I know, right? Um, I don't know. I, and that's why it was, the, I mean, I, I, it Meaning was the your, worst your thing that was ever said to me, but I kind of actually dig it. I was like, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm actually loving that. It's not a bad drag name. No, mattress I love that. Mattress actress. It's kind of like a pillow princess. Does yeah. it mean that they thought you were faking your enjoyment? Like you were just pretending to? to yes, I think that's what it means, and I probably was. <laughs> I feel like it's a nicer way of saying porn star. Oh, you know. I mean, it is actually a nice way of yeah, saying it. I'm, I'm a mattress actress. Yeah. I'm a mattress actress. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, don't, I don't like the term porn. It's very vulgar. I prefer to be called a mattress actress. <laughs> it's um, on my IMDb. It's reminding me of like the rural juror from 30 Rock. <laughs> uh, I kind of, uh, we're going to write a musical called Mattress Actress. Uh, <laughs> what's the creepiest thing a fan has ever sent you? The creepiest thing a fan has ever I'm thinking of like a lock of hair or like cum stained undies or, you know, I'm imagining. Lock of hair from their knuckles. A lock of, you're obsessed with knuckles today, Joanne. <laughs> you know, I can't think of anything that anyone sent me, but I will say years ago uh, there, was, um, there was this cop, there was this LAPD officer. I like where this story's that, going. Mm. Right? And he would actually like, because uh, I had like this, at the time I had this carport in like my back alley where I would park my car. And when I would come home from a gig or something, he would always pull up in the alley. And I'm like, you're officially stalking me, but mm -hmm. like, what do you do when a police officer's stalking you? Call the police? So yeah, mm -hmm. that was kind would of Would you creepy. talk to him that and say really like, creepy. hey, what's up? I, we did, yeah. And I was like, you know, and he's like, oh, it just always works out time-wise. And it's like, no, that's not true. So that was a little creepy. I don't, he, you know, he didn't bring me anything. But And uh, finally, is it, true that, is it true that non-binary people give the best head? Yes. Yay! Yeah. Fabulous. Absolutely. Kelly Absolutely. Mantle, you are a delight. A lasting you first are. impression is currently touring LGBTQ film festivals across the country. How can people follow you online? They can find me on Instagram at Kelly Mantle or Twitters at the Kelly Mantle. Thank you so much. You've been a great guest. Joanne and JB, please plug yourselves. I am on social media at Joanne Finley. My new drag king name is Moose Knuckle. <laughs> JB. I love it. Moose Follow Knuckle. Me at Stocky Anarchy 12 only on Instagram. Thank you so much, Joanne. Thank you for guest co-hosting these past two weeks. We are back live again it. next week with Steve finally back in the co-host uh, co chair and special guest Jovan Joseph, better known as Daddy Cream. Get ready for this one, JB.
Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at adamsank and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches, and shave your knuckles. <laughs> ah!